From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Disneyland Edition for the week of October 25th, 2012. I'm your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Wayne Toygo, Mary Jo mulatto Willie, and Tony Spatel. In this show, Nancy will tell us how we can visit some of the other working television and movie studios in the area, and Wayne reminds us there's always room for one more as he delves <laughs> into the history of the Haunted Mansion. All that, plus this week's news and Roundtable Rapid Fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. It's been a nice couple weeks. How you been doing, everybody? It's been Dizzy. hot. <laughs> it was a beautiful said, day today. Yeah, no, today nice, was gorgeous. And my feelings are hurt. You said it's been a nice couple of weeks. Is that because you haven't spoken to us in a nice It's been weeks? a quiet couple of weeks. Oh, no, that hurts. Uh, but the rain is finally on the way. Uh, I'm getting it first. Y'all are going to get it soon. Wait. Sorry, it rained at my house this morning already. Wow. Did it really? Yeah, I was surprised. Wow. We had a lot of mist yesterday. I better take all the stuff out of the back of my pickup then. Okay. Yes. That's not good. It was a nice way to wake up. It was a nice way to wake up. Uh, any housekeeping? Yes. Tony? I, I actually have housekeeping. Me too. Because did, did I... Did you take care of your assignment? Yes, I took care of my assignment. In our last show, we had discussed the character <laughs> outlet on yeah. Harbor and Orange Store. Orange, right? Orange Vale? Orange Store? Or, no, or, Orange yeah. Store. Orange Store. Okay. Okay, yeah. And um, I decided, to, and they'd moved, like, you know, one store down. It's in the same location. And so I actually, and I said, oh, I got to do this. So I stopped and went in. We had talked about it had gone downhill. I didn't think it actually had gone downhill. It was going downhill, and then the new location seems to be a little bit nicer. Okay. First of all, they have carpet, so that was nice. It was a nicer environment. They really stuck to the idea of characters. Everything was character. So, um, where there, I didn't see any of those like Budweiser shirts that I'd seen before, which was kind of frustrating me. Right. Um, they seemed to, it was Marvel characters. They had some Harry Potter stuff, mostly Disney. It was mostly Disney and Marvel, but they had additional characters too that weren't in the Disney universe. Um, but it was nice. It was nicer. It seemed to be laid out better. Um, it was mostly t-shirts, but, it was it was all characters, and there were some like I saw some Disney World stuff there, not a lot, um, but it was mostly characters, and it was characters from different from all the all the Disney characters, some Marvel, and then some non Disney characters. Less toys, less stuff, more clothes. Okay, that's what I noticed. So I wouldn't say don't go. I after going in, I'd say, oh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this on my road every so often, see what they got. So, um, yeah, they had some, uh, Alaskan, I think, did you go in the inaugural season, Tom? Mm, Alaskan yeah. cruise? Yeah. They had some Alaskan cruise stuff. Oh man, I should go, go shopping. Uh, yeah, get yeah, a long sleeve <laughs> tee and, uh, I think a sweatshirt. But, so um, you yeah, it, no. Give, you could give it to Wes for Christmas and say you've been holding yeah, he, on to yeah, it. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> he wouldn't even, uh, um, he doesn't but, listen um, to the show. But yeah, it was actually, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. How much was um, the, t- how much were the t-shirts? Same, as the same rates. I didn't really look at the prices because okay. I was expecting it just to be so garbagey. Right. And then I went in and went, oh, it's kind of like a nicer, now, I don't know if I can name in Marcus, but. Now from um, what I remember, the prices weren't like, yeah, they, bar- weren't, they weren't bargain basement prices. They like, still aren't. 
thirty percent off or forty percent off, maybe. Yeah, yeah, they still aren't. Okay. But uh, most, I saw a lot of T-shirts, but that just could be the time of the year. But um, a lot less. Like I remember before, they used to have a bunch of. This is the longest rep, the longest housekeeping ever. But before they had a lot of um, stuff with. I remember uh, High School Musical, like you know, what are those cheerleader cups? I don't know what those. Cheerleaders are, but... don't wear cups. Football players do. Yes, I know. <laughs> you I mean knew. the megaphones? I, oh yeah, okay, megaphones. And is that pins. what you were calling cups? Megaphones? Yeah, yeah I didn't know what they're called. And um, they seem to have a lot less of that kind of stuff. Like 50th anniversary cups right. and stuff. Yeah, did they have any to... more of those gold ears? No, I think they finally got rid of them. <laughs> it was like buy one, get five free years. Yeah. Like there was no, I didn't say any 50th anniversary merchandise. So it seemed to be a lot more t-shirts, a lot more clothes, a lot less stuff made of plastic. Let's put it that way. Nice. So would you say so, that it's worth it to go there now, Tony? Do you think? Would I you would, recommend I, people go there? Yeah, I would stop, I'd stop by. Were there like purses and shoes and stuff like that also? No, uh-uh. But then again, it depends. Wasn't... It depends which one, because the one up in um, Pomona has yeah, but no, it's going to a Pomona. completely different selection. I mean, it no, but I mean, it kind of varies from from outlet to outlet. No, I've been there when they've had Disney, um, when they've had Crocs there, Mickey Crocs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so yeah, so sometimes they get they still weren't that good of a deal. They're still expensive. Uh huh. The Crocs. So. Yeah, I know. All right. Okay, and I have another rapid fire that isn't, not rapid fire, I'm sorry. I have another housekeeping. Yes, that too. That, no way. Um, you? Yeah. That, and this is just because I drive around the area and I find stuff. That's, I don't even have to work, it just hits me in the face. And I, of course, I'm trying to go on Google to find out exactly where the, um. Wait, wait, I have to enjoy the visual. Oh, well, that me just driving and finding things? Um, in the face. Okay. Hit the face. We, uh, some listeners have talked about, and on the board, they've mentioned the idea of where's the closest place to go get groceries. Right. And I've not been inside, but I accidentally found a closer grocery store. A, those new Walmart neighborhood markets are springing up down here. So, oh, yeah. and I'm, if anybody's been in one, I'm pretty sure it's basically a Walmart grocery store. Hmm. So where and, is it, Tony? What's, okay, is it cheaper a, than Food for Less? Is it the Food for Less? No, no. Food for no. Less or Walmart grocery stores? Do, no, I don't know no, if anybody knows that. No, but no, he's, they're, no he's they're not. Walmart. Food for yeah. Less or Kroger? Food for Less or Kroger? No, Food for Less started out as a Walmart chain because I went to school in Arkansas, right, you know, 10 miles down the road from the Walmart headquarters. And Food hey, for that's Less a long was time ago. No way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna say no. I'm Googling I'm it go, right I'm gonna, now. Yes, find say. out. I don't think food for less. Anyway, uh, where's the, where's the anyways, Walmart? The Walmart neighborhood market is on the corner of South Anaheim Boulevard and East Ball Road. Wait, so South it's actually, Anaheim Boulevard? It's not that far from that Hotel Menage. Oh, okay. And there's a, a Starbucks and a... Uh, food for less is still closer. No, I, that sounds that sounds closer than you know. And food for less, it's not in that great I, of a neighborhood, though. I I've been inside that food, food for less. less. Thank you. Yes, I go to I the took Jeff, I took Jeff to that food for less, and it was it wasn't that bad. Well, I wouldn't go, anyways. Um, well, that's the way to sell it. Less, it wasn't that bad. I know. Food for less is Kroger Company. What's up? Thank True. You. Okay, Thank look you. at it. Look at Stop. it, Dave. No, back no, to you. Oh, okay, well, that's like saying stuff from you know. I know that they still take tickets to Disneyland. 
Well, yeah. Okay. Did, I, did I, Kroger I, buy it before 1986 or after 1986? It doesn't. This say is just, way no. off track. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're just arguing. No, you. Yeah. I was right for right now. Thank I'm you. Sure historically. Yes. Usually, usually we say, let's take this offline. Mm. Yes. Let's take this <laughs> offline. Anyways, that Walmart grocery store is now open, is, is opening soon. No, it says September, it's open September 19th. There you go. So, um, and especially I know people like Walmart because their prices. Um, it's, uh, oh, groceries, pharmacy items, and general merchandise. So I guess it's a, it's a, it's a cute Walmart. I don't know, little, but it's not that far away. So, tiny um, Walmart. Yeah, so I'm just letting people know that it's open, and I have no affiliation with the Walmart company, or Food for Less, or Kroger. Nancy might, but you don't. Nancy might, but I don't. So I'm just saying that that's a close... That's a close should, grocery store now. Should we assume that the art does not go there? Do you, do, you, do you notice if the art, is there an art stop near there? I'm going to say probably not. Because it seems okay. to be in the neighborhood, not the... Not. I'll go, I'll, well, well, while you guys are talking, I will look it up. Because I think art stops at the Menage, right? So I'm just wondering if it stops yeah, you can there a, too. You can walk a couple blocks too. So anyways. All right. All right. Any go. other housekeeping? I have a couple of housekeepings. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh, um, let's see. Flip coin. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. Mary and Joe can go ahead. Thank you. Um, just wanted, you know, the Halloween party still going on. We still have a, like a week and a half to go. And I think it's well, pretty much after sold the, when out. When this podcast goes up, they'll have about a week to go. But yeah. Oh, they'll have. That's right. Thank you, Tom. That's time lapse, um, you know. <laughs> the tickets have has surprised us how fast they sold out. And with the, the Christmas coming up and everything, I think Disneyland's getting bigger crowds than what they've anticipated or what we are used to planning for. I think this is an indication of just how popular all the events are. And I'm kind of giving a heads up that maybe for the candlelight processional nights, people will don't wait to get tickets. Um, did you, did you see that thread about the ultimate holiday tour? Yes. Okay, so they're, they announced the dates for the holiday tour, which are the same as the as the dates for the Christmas time, November 12th through mm. January 6th or whatever. Um, but they're doing, and that's, I think, $68, and then discounts, of course. But And you can book it now. Um, but they're, they're, somebody said that they called and were told about an ultimate holiday tour that includes the regular two, three-hour tour, but also seating for the candlelight processional. And it was $150. Even so, at that price, I think the tickets are going to go quickly. Oh, yeah. Well, because that's yeah. only, you know, not that much more than, oh, yeah, okay, it's like double, but anyway. I, um, I think for the candlelight tour and, I mean, the candlelight processional along with the holiday tour. Yeah. The holiday tour is pretty, it's a popular tour. Yeah. Because people, you go in the attractions, you don't have to wait to go on a, I know for sure you go in, it's a small world and I don't remember if you go on the Haunted Mansion holiday. Probably. And you, I think you might though, and you have preferred viewing for the uh, parade. Christmas parade. Yep. So those tickets are going to go quickly. That, but that's a good point. Yeah. And I do have another real small, um, uh, housekeeping and that's on the, it's a small world. Apparently at this time of year, they stick a little Elvis figure on there. There's a hidden Elvis. And, really? um, yeah. For, for Halloween or something or? No, for the holiday. 
So, but... When when the holiday opens, you mean, or...? Well, people are, people are talking about seeing it, and, and my understanding is it's for the, um, people are seeing it, they, they didn't see it at the, uh, beginning of the month, but now they're, I think it's for the hol- the Christmas holiday, sorry. So keep your eye open. Let me look and see what this is. Is it this, is it one of the children dressed as Elvis? Or no, it's a little, it's a, a little Elvis, tiny Elvis. Little tiny Elvis statue, and it's, and it's during the Christmas holiday. Okay. And they stick him in there. So keep an eye out um, for him. So. All right, Nancy, what's your housekeeping? Remember I talked about, um, I, I'm not sure. I only don't remember half the time, so. Thank you, Thomas. Mm-hmm. May I go on? Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if it was last episode or the episode before. For that, I mentioned uh, riding the omnibus to get a unique perspective on all the Halloween time decorations. Yeah, it was, it was before, but yeah, go ahead. Okay. Anyway, I finally have a blog up at www.disunplugged.com with a lot of pictures um, identifying and illustrating my points about how cool of a perspective that is. So go to the blog this week. Check it out. Excellent. Thank you, Nancy. Any other housekeeping? Got to remember chat night, Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. Pacific. Also, if you need to email the team, that would be dlpodcast at www.info.com. Or you can go to the podcast homepage, click over to the Disneyland side, and that will get to us also. And since we are done with housekeeping, it is time for news and over to Tony. The letters that once spelled out California in front of Disney California Adventure have been moved north. Workers placed the statues... They're outside my house. Yes, they are. And uh, the Disney police are coming to get them. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, because that wasn't in the story. Workers, yeah, in in this update, yeah. yeah. Workers placed the statues under three flatbed trucks transporting the iconic statues to Cal Expo in Sacramento, where they will be displayed in front of the fairgrounds in about a year. The concrete statues that spell out California stood in front of Disney California Adventure from 2001 to 2011 when they were removed as part of the makeover of the theme park. During that decade, the nearly 12-foot letters were a popular place for tourists to pose for pictures and often were decorated for special events and seasons, such as candy cane stripes for Christmas. Disney took the statues out of an Anaheim storage facility so a 70-foot crane could load the letters flat onto the trucks. The process took about five hours. The first letter, R, alone took an hour to prepare and place on rubber blocks on the truck. The letters weigh a total of 87,000 pounds. The heaviest one is the letter, what, guys? Let's make this interactive. What do you think is the heaviest letter? Of the Disneyland? Of California Adventure? Oh. I'd say R. Okay, O. Really, it's not that hard. Come on, guys. Just pick. Guess what? N. N. Okay. Wayne. F. Okay. F, F's top heavy. Okay. <laughs> the heaviest <laughs> one is the letter O at 13,000 pounds. Wow. wow. I'm really surprised I, I that they were able to get those out of the ground without... Damaging them? Yeah. That they weren't, the, like, built into the ground. You know what I mean? Like... I don't know. Anyway. I didn't realize hey. they were that heavy. 
Yeah, either did I. The move will cost about $7,000. That's all? I know, that's what I said. The state is work, of course. How long, state- how much did it cost to move the, the, the space shuttle? Yeah, I know. The state is working on finding funding for the installation of the letters, which could cost an additional $63,000. In May, <laughs> Disney announced that it would donate the letters worth about $250,000 to the Friends of the California State Fair for display at the site. $250,000 John Stamos has, has that. He That's can- what I'm thinking. Yeah, but he puts it in his own yard. Yeah. He's not going to put it someplace else. Okay, now to the serious news. Uh-oh. Buena Park detectives arrested a man and are searching for his brother, both suspected of together selling $40,000 worth of counterfeit theme park tickets. Oh, in a sting operation, detectives arrested Raymond John Lim, 23 of Walnut, who has since been released from a Buena Park jail. Police are continuing to look for Lim's brother, Michael King Lim, 33, who Lim said worked with him on the counterfeit ticket sales, Authority said. The brothers are suspected of manufacturing and selling tickets on Craigslist for theme parks throughout Southern California, including Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm. The Lims are accused of posting the ads on Craigslist and then making arrangements to meet buyers of discount tickets at various locations, including Starbucks, restaurants, apartment complexes, and shopping centers in Orange, Los Angeles, San Bernardino, and Riverside counties. The suspects are accused of creating fake tickets or copying real ones. More than 10 victims reported that they purchased tickets they were unable to use at parks, Luong said. A spokesman. Police found the ad and arranged to meet a seller of Universal Studios tickets at an undisclosed Buena Park location where they arrested Raymond Lim. He is facing forgery and counterfeiting charges. For Universal Studios alone, at least 41 counterfeit tickets valued at $2,400 have been sold. There you go. More Jeez. steep Craigslist. list. Yeah, and you know, I... And I know like where the Every Starbucks. couple months we get one of those stories, huh? Yeah, and that Starbucks in Buena Park, I've stopped by that on my way to work. I'm, maybe I ran into the guy. That's, that's crazy. That's different than the Shell Station at yes, Ball Road. Yes, the Shell, the Shell Station. But you know what's funny is I, 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 picked, I was looking for a place to live on Craigslist, and I said, this is too good to be true. I'm going to click on it anyways. And then, of course, it was a spam about the whole Nigerian thing. And I was like, really? I'm a tech guy. I should have known better. But I think Craigslist is so accepted that people are willing to give it a shot. Yeah. Well, you know, there's they have some – I mean, Kelly got her latest job through Craigslist. So there's legitimate stuff. And it just – with this mix of the legit stuff, you have this these spams going on. And, you know, the people are trying to save money. And they're just going about it the wrong way. And, and you know, you, we see the threads every every day or two on Disneyland, and you, know, I get I get asked myself, how can I save money on Disneyland tickets? And the short answer at this point is you can't save. There's there's yeah. there's no discounts out there unless you're military. That's the only discount. Yeah. They, or they, they ha- sometimes they sell them. Costco's has them, and then like. Some companies, like where I work, they have discount tickets, but it's really not that. M- it, it's it's good if you have a number of people that you're going to be buying tickets for, right. not not to buy and sell, but if you're, for a family of four or whatever, you're going to save that way. But um, individually, it's it's not a huge discount right. anyway. It's only a couple dollars, right? Yeah, yeah sell like your five. save your money. You're not going to save money there. Try to save your money on food and bringing your own food into the park or. Not staying in a hotel or something, but the tickets, they're pretty hard to get a discount on, so. 
And finally. Yeah. What was the eh? Yeah, sorry, go Wait. ahead. Okay, let's <laughs> and, uh, try this again. Go ahead, sorry. And, and, and finally. Woo! Okay. Now the construction has begun on a major transportation hub near Angel Stadium. The city of Anaheim is looking at a $318 million plan to move thousands of tourists and employees to Disneyland and other destinations nearby. City planners are proposing streetcars, cars driven on a rail powered by electricity. The streetcars would have a sleek, modern look, fully enclosed, similar to those used in Portland, Oregon, and in European cities. So not the clanging ones, guys. Not like in a California adventure. Still Anaheim's, cool, yeah, Anaheim's proposed streetcar system would consist of 10 vehicles that would travel a 3.2-mile route in about 18 minutes. The city council has reviewed, has reviewed the concept of streetcars that would run on a fixed guideway to Disneyland, shops and restaurants of Garden Walk Mall, and the Anaheim Convention Center, among other stops. Several council members expressed general support for the idea, but ultimately asked for more time to study all alternatives. The idea of streetcars is being recommended by city staff over an elevated monorail, which was Anaheim's initial focus. The system called Anaheim Rapid Connection would run on a 3.2-mile track, mostly along Catella Avenue, from the Anaheim Regional Transportation Intermodal Center, the transportation hub under construction and set to open in 2014. The idea of ARC, not to be confused with ART, this is the Anaheim Rapid Connection, the, the streetcars, the idea of ARC is to provide a cheap, maybe even free, yeah, right, <laughs> ride, sorry for the uh, the extra commentary, ride for the millions of tourists who visit Disneyland annually and for some of the 51,000 workers in the five-square-mile area in and around the Anaheim Resort. I think it's something that Anaheim should have, a good way to transport a lot of people, and it would be a unique landmark that would bring more interest to this area, said James Williams, 41, who lives in the Platinum Triangle near Angel Stadium. The streetcars could eventually continue south on Harbor Boulevard and connect with Garden Grove and Santa Ana, ending at that city's train station. The OCTA has encouraged such fixed guideway projects to connect with Metrolink, considered the backbone of transportation in Orange County. About $6 million is available to help fund Anaheim's project after the Centerline Rail project failed, OCTA spokesman Joel Zlotnick said. If the recommended streetcar plan goes forward, 10 streetcars in all would operate on the tracks in Anaheim, taking about 18 minutes to travel from one end to the other. Because the Disneyland Resort is a major step along the planned route, Disney officials were part of the planning process. Anaheim has always been a regional pioneer for transportation, and we applaud their leadership in creating a world-class transportation system that will transform the way residents, visitors, and employees travel to and from Orange County. Disney spokeswoman said in a statement, what's her name, Tom? Susie Brown. Yes, Susie Brown, our favorite. She's like a character. She's like a guest. She's like always on the podcast. She's like a special guest. Yeah. (laughs) The streetcar tracks would be built along Catella Avenue between Douglas Road and Haster Street and along Harbor Boulevard between Disney Way and Convention Center Drive. The streetcars would run in the far right lanes of city streets and would run amid car traffic. The goal is to have the streetcars up and operating by 2018. That's exciting news, and that is the news. Thank you. I wonder if they'll look like the red car. No, they said that if you go to their website, and I saw the art, and then the article in the register, there they look like um, uh, like the if you've ever seen the ones in Portland, Oregon, they're sleek and more like you know European train looking. So, standard light rail stuff. Yeah, 
All right, thank you, Tony. Time for rapid fire. Let's start with Wayne. There is a new entertainment attraction that's coming to downtown Disney at the Disneyland Resort. Beginning now, about the time this podcast goes live, a new ice skating rink is open in the area between the, yay, it's located between the AMC theaters and the ESPN zone. The skating rink is themed for Tinkerbell and her sister Periwinkle and is celebrating the new release of the Disney's Secret of the Wings. Guests will be able to rent skates, and helmets will be provided and required for each skater's safety. And also, beginning November 12th, they're going to add a little holiday village surrounding the rink, which will have these themed kiosks where guests can purchase seasonal foods and merchandise. Sounds like the ice rink will be open throughout the fall and holiday season at the downtown Disney district. Now, how does that affect the stage there? A good question, because it's it's right there in that area. Yeah, but it's not near the stage. The stage is kind of like in the walkway, right? This is where what we're used to um, seeing is the kind of like the landscaping, big grassy area that we used to walk across, and then they ended up putting succulents and other plants there. My understanding is that they raised that area and they, they, they're doing the construction there. So it's kind of in a, it's not an area that we currently use to walk from one okay. place to another. So is that the area where they've always put the big Christmas tree that's at the yeah. far end? Yeah. That's a, that's a good. So I wonder where they're putting the Christmas tree and all the big presents this year. Maybe around the little village or something like that. Maybe they'll put a star on top of the Mick Sorcerer Mickey hat. There you go. Maybe the Christmas <laughs> village is taking the place of that Christmas tree this year. It'll be fun. it'll be fun. When is it opening again, Wayne? It uh, the the scheduled opening is was. I believe was the, was yeah was the twenty third I believe yeah. Of October? The, yes, that's the day the video yes. comes out, so that's there's their grand, official grand opening. Awesome. Okay, because I'll be there tomorrow, the 26th. You guys are freaking me out. <laughs> Everybody knows we record this. Okay. I'll, I'll be there Friday. Say, wait a minute. <laughs> Time warp. <laughs> All right, Mary Jo, rapid fire. Um. Well, my rapid fire happens to... Uh, be about the local mountains, the San Gabriel Mountains. I went up there last weekend uh, driving around some old uh, haunts that I used to go with with my family, uh, looking at campgrounds, etc. And I decided to go visit Mount Wilson, went to Mount Wilson, and they have the Mount Wilson Observatory. They were going to have a tour. It was about 1 o'clock, so I took the two-hour tour for $10, which I found to be fascinating. This this observatory is historically significant here in California as well as the world. Um, Hubble used to use that. Um, the telescope there is called the Hooker Telescope. It's a 100-inch telescope. They have a 60-inch, 100-inch. Then they have two solar uh, observatories. And they have a um, state-of-the-art. Give me a second. 
is a state-of-the-art um, observatory called the Chara, and it's the Center for High Angular Resolution Astronomy, and it's the largest optical interferometric array ever built. It's ground, it's, um, it's state-of-the-art, and it's used today. And, you know, with, with there only being five-day park hoppers at Disneyland, people have been asking, what are, what can we do? What else is there to do in Los Angeles? I've seen different, uh, people have sent me emails asking me about, uh, local mountains to go to. And I looked it up. It's about an hour, maybe an hour and a half drive from Disneyland. You're up in the mountains. You're almost at 6,000 feet. They have, uh, cafe there to have lunch or you could take a picnic up in the mountains and this historic observatory is a treasure that we have in our own backyard that I didn't even realize that they gave tours there and that they have these these um we actually an astronomer was working there and he was explaining one of the solar um, observatories to us and I found it to be a very fascinating tour and it was ten dollars for two hours or if you don't want to take the the uh, the tour, you can um, go up there and wander by yourself. They have an observation deck that lets you look at the, the – it's called the Hooker Telescope. It's where they discovered the Big Bang Theory. Um, there's pictures of Einstein up there. Totally, totally fascinating history, and they have a museum also. So I'm going to be doing a blog about it, showing it with pictures, et cetera, that people can get more details on right. this. But I highly recommend – you got to take your – um, Tom, oh, well, all of you, take your kids up there and Wayne, take yourself up there. It's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 uh, uh, support that. <laughs> I used to have an acquaintance who was an astronomer up there. Really? I, I almost got to go one evening to an observation session. It would have lasted all night and was in the main dome mm-hmm. with all the big stuff. You don't get to look through the telescopes anymore because the computers do that, but you're absolutely right. This is actually one of the most modern observatories in the country, and they do lots of cool science up there. It is a neat facility. Now, do they do tours every day? or? Um, that's a good question. They do tours on the weekend. The observatory is open daily from 10 to 4. Okay. The tours with the docents are on the weekends only, and the cafes only open on the weekends, uh, Friday through Sunday. And um, it's only open March through November 30th, so you know you have one more month to go up there and and visit the observatory. And we almost lost it a couple of years ago. They had the station fire. For those of you who are oh, local yeah. that remembers, remember yeah. that that yeah. we. So when I was driving up there, it was really weird because I remembered all the, you know, the pine trees and, and driving in the shade. And I'm thinking, there's no shade up here. And then I see all these burnt stumps. But the fire went like in waves. So it totally bypassed Mount Wilson. It caught some of the roadsides, but I went into the picnic areas. They have one up there called Charleston, Chileo Flats, and then a beautiful one up in Buckhorn. And those are fine. To, those are fine to go to. But the Mount Wilson... Like I said, it's about a, less than an hour and a half. It's uh, 57 miles to uh, go there from the Disneyland Park to Mount Wilson, and it's very easy. There's You take the five to the two, and then that's it. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you, Mary Jo. 
Um, mm-hmm. I'll go next. I just want to go through D23s. It has several events coming up before November, so I was going to go through those real quick for you. Um, first is a free event that they do several times a year, usually quarterly, and that is the Shopping Day at Mickey's of Glendale. November 10th, D23 members and a guest are invited to a day of shopping at the Walt Disney Imagineering Store, Mickey's of Glendale. The event is from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., and entry is on a first-come, first-served basis. Uh, usually they'll have a special pin release that day, and sometimes they'll have raffles, so it's always a good time and lots of great deals, right, Tony? Yes. It's actually a lot cheaper to buy stuff there than at the parks. Yeah. Also, that weekend, that same weekend, November 10th and 11th, D23 members can book the tours that the D23 does of the Walt Disney Studios and the Walt Disney Archives. Ooh. It's a two-and-a-half-hour tour, and it costs $60, so it's offered several times each day. So go, you can book that on the D23 website. Uh, also, for our friends in Northern California, D23 is offering D23 days at the Walt Disney Family Museum. On November 16th and 17th, where D23 members and the guests can enjoy private viewing of the new Snow White exhibit, plus a panel discussion about the museum and about the new Snow White exhibit, and cost on that is $50 per person. And just for our listeners who also visit Disney World, have to mention that tickets are now on sale for Magic and Merriment, the two-day Christmas event that takes place back there. And I've heard really good things about that. It's a bit pricey, but you get a lot for your money on that one. Are you going to be going to it? Um, no. No. It's $250. So, no. Yikes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the first year when everything was free. Free, exactly. Yeah, exactly. When I got free tours. Uh, Nancy. Okay. I am going to give you as my rapid fire my second annual what else to do for Halloween (laughs) since this is our last October show Um, what else to do for Halloween in the LA area if you can't get into Mickey's Halloween party and there's a ton of stuff you know we've we've already mentioned Universal um, and their amazingly scary Halloween stuff we've mentioned um, Knots and their haunt other ones that are worth mentioning are the one at the Queen Mary. But I have a lot of other little events that are going on. And some of them range from lots and lots of specialty club shows starring some of your favorite famous musicians and DJs is heading up the place. Um, but, you know... There's some really interesting and strange things out there. For instance, the Egyptian Theater, um, which is right somewhat diagonal to the Hollywood and Highland Complex, just down the street from the El Cap, is doing its King's, King Tut's Tomb Halloween, and they have all kinds of uh, pricing for that. Where is that again, and Nancy? The Egyptian Theater. Oh, it, that's a cool it has, theater. It is. It's a really neat theater to go visit just in general. Mm-hmm. And it's within history. walking distance. Yep, it's within walking distance. So if you ever go up to the El Cap or a, um, a um, you know, movie or whatever, walk down the street and check out their courtyard and everything. It's all, it's all very creative. 
there are Halloween parties at Grauman's Chinese Theater. They're having the Tron 30th anniversary Halloween party. Little Disney tie in there. That one is at, and I just saw that one, so that's why I'm not quite as prepared for that one. But um, it celebrates the 30th anniversary of the film, and the party begins at 7 p.m. with a filmmaker's panel. From 10.30 p.m. to 2.30, or to 2 a.m., the guests will party in a Tron cyber-themed world inside the new Chinese theater ballroom. And they've got all kinds of uh, musical acts and stuff like that. And guests are invited to dress in Tron-esque attire. That is the 27th. So right after this uh, comes out, I have another one that's kind of fun. Let me see here. Sorry, I'm having to flip through a bunch of windows in order to get this. Um, in Anaheim... We've got a handful. We've got the Anaheim Fall Festival and Parade. A lot of this stuff is happening on Saturday the 27th and Sunday the 28th. So if you're in Anaheim, that's at the Center Street Promenade downtown. They also have a... Over at just walking distance from... Um, the Disneyland Resort at Garden Walk, they have the Empty Grave Haunted House. And at the Garden Walk, they're doing that? At the Garden Walk. Oh, that's cool. And, and on Halloween itself, House of Blues at Downtown Disney is having the Scary Oki Halloween Bash. And it's live band karaoke. Oh, nice. So that sounds kind of fun. It featuring, does. Featuring songs by Live Steel? Yes. Yeah. You have, we've got, and we're going to, we're getting ready to work on a Christmas album. It's, I mean, I yeah. just, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx anything, but it's going to be a rocking holiday time. That one also has a Halloween costume contest. $300 for first place, $150 for second, and $50 for third. Now, if you're up in the other areas of Los Angeles, there's a big Halloween party for downtown LA kids at Grand Hope Park on the 31st, and that's a big community event. There's another one at the Highlands, at Hollywood and Highland, and that is, interestingly enough, not selling tickets yet. Very strange. I'm expecting that to be somewhat exclusive of a party. The Los Angeles Central Library is having a Halloween movie. Um, and that's down on 5th Street. And anyway, that movie, they're focusing on that for a teen celebration. So if you have teens, Los Angeles Private Library... Our public, Los Angeles Public Library has some stuff. Now, also the Los Angeles Philharmonic, um, on the 31st at 8 p.m. in the Walt Disney Concert Hall downtown LA has a Halloween silent film called The Cat and the Canary. And they'll be, the Philharmonic will be giving it their own twist to orchestration. Other Interesting ones, and I thought this was fun since we 
I don't know if we've talked about the Roosevelt Hotel being haunted, but I know the main show has. You know, they talk about the great food and, and the interesting history of the Roosevelt Hotel, which is diagonal from Hollywood and Highland, the next block over from the El Capitan. And they have their Halloween party on Saturday, October 27th at 8 p.m. And you can, uh, they, you can get, um, a VIP table or just do an, um, a regular. So, that's some of your Halloween things. Excellent. All around town. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, Mr. Spatel. Okay, I know the month is almost over. No. But. Yes. Well, yes. But um, if you want to go to the San Diego Zoo or the San Diego Zoo Safari Park, which I still like to call Wild Animal Park, Mm -hmm. and you are a child, first of all, your parents should be listening to this. Yeah, you shouldn't be listening to this. You shouldn't be listening to this. But, um, Do you act like a child? No, you have to be a child. Kids are free in October. And I apologize for not telling everybody this in September. But, yes, at the San Diego Zoo and San Diego Zoo Safari Park, kids are free in October. And I actually think it's kind of a pricier zoo than it should be. So if you listen to this and you're in, you're going to come down, then maybe go down there and go to the zoo with your kids. The kids are free. And they also have special weekend events and some weekday events specifically for kids. So if you go to sandiegozoo.org, you can get all the information. But if you have a child and you want to go down there and you're thinking about it, do it before the end of October because they're in for free. Excellent. Thank you, Tony. And it's time for our Thread of the Week. Over to Mary Jo. Okay, Thread of the Week. This week we decided on one called Limited Time Magic, coming to Disney Parks in 2013. Pirate Week, Villains, etc., and it's by our fellow moderator, Sherry E. And this is talking Hi, about... Hi, Sherry. How's it going? Good to see you. Yeah. Hey, Sherry. <laughs> shout out. And this thread that Sherry put on links to the blog and is talking about all the fun different things that are going to be happening in 2013 and the new uh, short-time promotional events that they're going to be having at the various parks. And the ones at Disneyland are going to be the... I'm looking forward to this, the Golden Horseshoe Review. Yay. We don't know yet. It's going to be there for one month only, so people need to uh, pay attention to when it's coming coming back. Uh, Pirate Week, um, probably September since it's celebrating Talk Like a Pirate Day. Well, I'll go down the list. There's True Love, Celebrate Romance and Enchantment throughout Valentine's Week. Independence Week, Red, White, and Blue with Disney Park Salutes America with a 4th of July fireworks party for the entire week. Long Lost Friends Week, which they'll be having the lesser-known characters. Um, they'll be having Flick, Clarabelle Clown, Clown, Clarabelle Cow, Remy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's the time of year. Tweedledee, Tweedledum, the Dapper Dan Sing Boy Bands. Uh, they'll be performing. That was one I was looking forward to. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean the title. No, I mean think about it. <laughs> Well, and it's it's going to be interesting, the, the style of, of singing that they have, and this is here that they're going to be delivering a medley of hits from One Direction in sync in the Backstreet Boys. Interesting. Uh, Friday the 13th of September is going to be a special day where it's Unleash the Villains. And it's staying open until 1 a.m., the 13th hour, it says. And they're going to have Maleficent, Captain Hook, Jafar, and a slew of Disney villains. Um, they'll be hosting a dance party, and they'll. It sounds like it's, that one's going to be a lot of fun too. 
But uh, there's a lot of these events. And what do you guys think about this new uh, celebration? Limited time magic announcement. Weird hmm. name. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like Very some fun thing, name. stupid name. Yeah, I think it's a dumb name. And I don't, I hate to be the downer, but there's some cool stuff. But who is it going to get to go to the parks other than people that already go? It's not like what they've done before where it was like major stuff. And it, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, like you, you, you have to do multiple trips to be able to see more than one thing, or you have to be a local. That's and what I think. I, that's which, the which, point. But, I think. but the problem is they're also focusing on Disney World, which doesn't have as many locals that go to the parks. I mean, if, it, if this were just a Disneyland promotion, I could make sense of it, because yeah. they've they've done a lot of this kind of stuff where they have. Was it last year or the year before they were, they were doing those special weekends in, in February and March where they would have, you know, different things back in the, in the Jamboree area? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Disneyland yep. has, has been doing this kind of stuff. So I, you know, I don't think it's anything new. They just branded it. They just branded it, yeah. Well, I think it gives people an opportunity to look at, you know, they're going to be announcing the dates when a lot of this stuff's happening. And people who want to go, let's say, in... Are they going to be? I mean... It some said people something will. like that on the end of the blog. Okay, but Disneyland is notorious, or Disney, you all, know, Disneyland for sure, is notorious for waiting to the last minute to announce Yeah, the, there's six-week uh, yeah. six advance notice. Yeah. Well, that will be a challenge for people. Yes, but I mean, <laughs> But, I mean, the, the 4th of July for the whole week, the... Uh, Valentine's, the Pirate Week. Um, I think people will be able to to um, to schedule those Friday the Thirteenth. Are any of these really things people should plan their vacation around? Mm, no, I, I don't think so. I say no. Maybe something like having the golden hor- the golden horseshoe. But, yes. Okay. Uh, start back up again. I can see planning around that one. Uh, you know, it's going to enhance their Valentine's trip if they do the valent- if they do some Valentine's stuff. But I'm assuming the the goal of this was to increase people coming to Disneyland or their Disney parks. Well, let me ask you guys this: Having said, you know, do you think for especially for Disneyland, you know, with this the uh, significant increase in price of their annual passes and people talking about how they are not going to renew their annual passes just because it's so expensive now. Do you think that this is an incentive for people if they look, hey, throughout the year they're going to be having these different uh, fun things happening at the resort, think I'll uh, renew my pass so that I'll, I can experience it? Doesn't excite me. Like, there's cool okay. stuff, but to, if that, that's not going to push me over the edge. If to... You don't want to see Flick? <laughs> Not for seven, how much? What is it? Where it is now? Five hundred dollars? Like just yeah, seven hundred fifty dollars? Like really? Six hundred fifty dollars? Six fifty. But I agree. That's probably what the intent is. The, the this clearly seems like a promotion to get increased attendance during these mm-hmm. kinds of events, and make them varied and frequent to try and keep up an enthusiasm rate. Now, I don't think I'm any more excited than any of the rest of you, but that appears to be what the premise is. Okay, here's where I'm confused. I'm this is where I'm I've become Tom. Well no. 
I'm more, I'm, 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 I'm jaded. Jaded, no, jaded. Okay. <laughs> so the whole idea was we open up, uh, you know, Disney opens up, finishes Disney California Adventure. It's now vacation destination. So now we need to raise the prices so we can get all the, so the crowds aren't as crazy. So people that are spending thousands and thousands of dollars will stay here for the week and enjoy themselves and, and stay in the hotels and all that. And, and limit it to five days. Yeah, limit it to yeah, five yeah. days. And then, on the other hand, we still want to keep our password. You can't have it both ways. I don't get it. You can't have it both ways. And maybe we're missing it because I know this is for Florida too, but I agree with Wayne. This is for to get local, everybody's pass holders to think they're getting a good value or trying to get there, but you can't, you can't have it both ways. It's Mary, just, Mary Jo. Pull up that other thread we talked about using. Oh, the local park one? Yeah. Okay. The Con- the other convenient, th- I mean. Yeah. The other thread thread of the week we talked about using was Disneyland is a great locals park. Wasn't is, And that wasn't, one that one caused uh, quite a bit of uh, conversation among the, the locals. Um the, the thread is, Disneyland is a fabulous local theme park by Pajax. P-E-Y-J-A-X. And Pajax says, yes, I know this will rile up some feathers and I welcome the counter responses. Returned a few days from a first time trip, sort of as a three family member spent one partial day there in 09. Things we learned. Disneyland rides rock and typically trump the world every time. Disneyland service sucks. They treat people like crap and cater to locals. Hence why I say it's a great local theme park. I will not go into all the details as they are way too many, and I know how these boards are, and people love to dissect and argue how you were in the wrong and Disney's all candy and lollipops. (laughs) Which we don't do, but... Staying on site makes a big difference. And for those who are used to Disney World, it is very noticeable. We stayed off-site one night and split stay at California Adventure... Excuse me, uh, Disneyland Hotel and Grand California Hotel. Love the Grand California Hotel. It is very well done. Love Disneyland Hotel rooms as well in the Tangaroa Terrace, but there was just something about Grand California Hotel that made it awesome. I'm sure Pete will agree. Things I learned, <laughs> on, <laughs> things I learned on here did not have me prepared for the crowds we experienced. Cars, Cars Land was fine, but it was Disneyland that was so packed and made it less enjoyable. The counter service food is really good and also trumps Disney World. There's, we're going to have to have a discussion about the food because hmm. half the posts talk about how much they enjoy the Disneyland food and half the posts talk about how it stinks. But anyway, nice. counter service food is really good and also trumps Disney World. The Plaza Fried Chicken, wow. Gumbo, <laughs> yummy. I love the Plaza Inn Fried Chicken. Me too. Wow, back gumbo, to, back to food, what the heck. Yeah, Tiger Tail sounds <laughs> gross. It all goes to food. It does, It's our right? best thing. So this guy thinks that, or this reader thinks, just because we, the cast members were rude, that's why the local, that's a local's park? Well, that, you know, the thing is, he, he was saying that, um, that he thinks that, well, here's another thing too, he says, what I don't understand is how people say this is Walt's park, yet it seems to be the furthest from what the standards I always thought Walt stood for. So that kind of, I didn't get where he was coming from about that one, but, yeah, he's basically saying that the cast members there cater to the locals, and people came back and they were telling him they don't know who the locals are compared to 
the non-locals. Okay. What do, what do you guys think? Do you, do you, especially like, um, Wayne and Tom, do you notice a difference when you come to the parks? Well, maybe not Tom, cause he's almost like a local there. He's there all the time. But what about you, Wayne? Do you notice a, a difference? There is a distinct difference between the texture of the guests at Disneyland and the texture of the guests at Disney World. Guests at Disneyland know exactly what's going on and exactly how to negotiate things and exactly how to do this, that, and the other thing right down the line. They're very educated. They're very intelligent. They know how to do that park. With Disney World, you see many more of a tourist aspect like I'm used to at other kinds of theme parks. For example, even in Los Angeles, if you go to Universal, for example, you see lots and lots of tourists. And by that, I just mean folks that are not as familiar with what is offered there and how to negotiate the facilities and the attractions. That being said... How does that change what happens at Disneyland? Well, I've been going there for so long, I've become familiar with it. So in that regard, except for the amount of time I can get there, I almost feel like a local. There is an advantage in being familiar with when does the parade starts and where are the good seats. And getting close to the castle is great, but you better get your seat two hours ahead of time and all of that kind of stuff. For folks that are touring who don't know that, they're at a disadvantage. And that's really unfortunate. And I have a feeling that's where this thread came from. You know, I, ha- when, I think you have a really good point there, too. When I talk to folks who are visiting Disney for the first time or visiting infrequently, I try and educate them on these kinds of things, on not so much here's what you need to do every second of your vacation, but here's what you need to do so that you won't be disoriented or won't be wasting a lot of time simply because you're unfamiliar. I have a feeling that may be what this what this one writer experienced. Tom, what about you going back and forth? What, what do you notice? Tourists stick out like a sore thumb at Disneyland. When, when Wayne, Wayne said that, that kind of reminded me, you know, uh, of some of these people. Um, for instance, the blankets were fantastic. And yeah. the fanatics who go there and watch Fantasmic over and over again, they put the blanket out and they, they set their time for you know, 5 p.m. for a 9 p.m. show kind of leaves the normal tourists at, at a disadvantage just because the space is being saved by locals who see it over and over again. And I'm wondering if that's the feel it's true. Um, that people get. I do that. I, one of my best memories for Fantasmic was, you know what, Andrew, let's go watch it. We brought the iPad, played Scrabble for like a couple hours, got a dessert, and sat there and waited. Because I knew that that was the only way for me to get a good seat. Well, and, and okay, going going back, I'm taking this totally off track. Destination D this last August at at the hotel. It's like Disney Disney 
land fans, hardcore fans, they're so ingrained with the waiting in line thing. It's like half the time they would get out of one session, go right back and sit in line and wait for the next session, take turns going to the bathroom, take turns going to get food, but it's like they're... I don't know what what word I'm trying to think of, but, you know, it's like... Never mind. Sorry. Go ahead. No, finish. I mean, I think I think you're coming up with the. It's they're they're used to that routine, right? They're used to that's the routine. Just, they, 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 they they yeah. I mean, they go there. They, they go, go there planning so much, that they're going to do that. They they know. I mean, you know, if if you hadn't ever been to this event before, you would have been like, "What the heck are they doing?" You know, and like, "Why why are you waiting in two hours ahead for this event?" And you know, and that's. That's what Disneyland people do. They they yeah. wait. Yeah. yeah. And the pattern. That's where I was going. Sorry. Thanks. That's all right. Wayne. And the patterns are different too. At most theme parks, and I'm going to blanket statement this, maybe too gross, but most theme parks see a peak of attendance just just. Kind of after opening, a few hours after opening, they're going to see their maximum attendance, and that's going to taper off throughout the day with the least amount of attendance <laughs> being at the night. You're <laughs> laughing because you know exactly what's yes, coming up. Yes. Take any typical Friday oh, at God. Disneyland, yeah. and peak is what, what, Tony, about 6 p.m.? Yep, Yeah. Every, after everybody gets off work. Unless, and, you're, unless and, you're talking about a, a Mickey's Halloween party afternoon. Oh, my God. And and see, the poor tourist <laughs> who got there at 8 a.m., went back to the hotel to take a nap, thinking it's not going to be as crowded at nighttime, suddenly has to stand in line at the turnstile to get back in the park at 5 p.m., and is to- totally overwhelmed by the fact of, I can't get any food because everybody's standing in line for food. I think it's that's. Ch- I think that's a really good. You guys make some really good points compared to how, how the tourists, um, the strategy for visiting Walt Disney World. You don't get the, the, deluge of locals, hitting the park in the afternoons like you do, at the Disneyland. Let me ask you all. What about? What about cast members? Do you think that they treat, because, you know, sometimes I, I would think that they would treat the uh, non-locals a little bit nicer just because of the entitled attitude that some of the locals have. But what, what do you guys think? I think it's a little bit, I think some of us who go there all the time and we've gotten to know some of the cast members, like, for instance, when we would bring the girls when they were little into baby care. I still know most of the baby care nannies. And we go in, we chat with them. Other people kind of come in and they kind of look at us very odd that we're chit-chatting with the cast members as if we were, you know. Yeah, I mean, I know, I recognize cast members, but I don't, cast members wouldn't know that I'm a local unless I, or, I mean, you know, you pass holder unless I said something, so. But even some of the pass holders aren't locals. We have, we have pass yeah. holders yeah. from, you know, up north and who plan their vacation, so that doesn't really say that they're locals either. Yeah. If you're there often enough, 
you know, you like you said, you've seen you see cast members you recognize. Right. You know, life and life and normalcy. You're always going to see people you recognize. They're always going to see people they recognize. Especially the, you know, we always hear these stories about retirees that would come and sit on the bench, you know, and watch the, the parade every single day, things like that, and how they became ingrained with the cast members. And then when they, you know, when those folks met their passing, the cast members mourned, the cast members went to their funerals, things like that. Now that's I mean, a, we've all that's heard a different those, kind of local. But it is. It's a different kind of local. But still, I mean, it's the extreme of my point. Right. Is that there are, you know, after a while, if you go the same place often enough, do the same routine often enough, they get to know you. You know, I look at all the relationships that we've developed with some of the folks in the, in the restaurants, like at the Napa. And... Where am I going with this? I I just look at those relationships we've developed over the years being local and just popping in, having dinner, and going home. And it becomes a little more of a familiarity. Mm -hmm. And you almost feel like a little bit of an insider. But I think that's basically how we feel when we go to the parks. But how we're treated, I don't... I don't, know I don't see that there's a difference. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. let's let's circle back to Tony's point now that we got totally off track. <laughs> are are locals going to respond to this promotion? No, that's Wayne's point. I'm sorry. Well, I thought, give him the credit. Okay. Well, I hijacked it. You hijacked Wayne's it. original point. Are locals going to respond to this? I will. But will yeah, but that? You're on, you're on a but podcast. Will, but will that increase revenue? No. But will that increase revenue, which is the total point of the Disneyland company. That's that's a good point. That's a good that's a good well they, they hope it will. I and I, I wonder if people will renew their passes. You guys don't think people will renew passes based on this? Based yeah, based on No, the, I don't. I don't think people will renew passes based on this at all. Because it's not like they're getting much out of it. I mean even if you look at the Valentine's things where they talk about the special prefee menus and stuff, they've Always had special prefee menus at Valentine's okay, Day. Thank you. That's my point. A lot of the stuff they were always doing. Now all they're doing yeah. is going, "Hey, it's limited time." They were always doing this garbage before. Like, and then if you're going to brand it, at least brand it better than stuff we new stuff that might be here a while. Like, it's kind I, of like I, saying we have the we have the Demitas Donald cups at Halloween, and you're like, "Yeah, you have that every yeah, year." Not, uh, limited time yeah, magic, yeah. November first, oh. Dia de los Muertos. Yeah, yeah. And it was Mickey, and now it's Donald. Who knows what it'll be next year? <laughs> it'll be Donald <laughs> and Mickey. <Yeah. laughs> Although the yeah, okay, who who else at least has to admit that that ice castle they built in New York City was pretty darn cool? Absolutely, cool. no question. And that that was pretty spiffy. It had absolutely nothing to do with the promotion. Exactly. Exactly. It was really spiffy. All right. Before we take this even further off track, that is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch our other Disneyland segments this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you in two weeks. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical than the chair. Thanks for listening. Bye.